A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools Tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force. The Cues stands for questions, questions of the Force, and we also have A's, A's of the Force. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsack. I got your A's right here. I used to have an Oakland A's cap. <laughs> everywhere, so. <There> you go. <laughs> we got A's coming. Anyway, uh, our first A is 
Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Or do you have a Star Wars data pad? Maybe it would play on there. Uh, we are continuing to recommend the next High Republic adventure, Path to Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland. It stares at me on my bookshelf it looks me in the eye saying read me read me and soon uh we will if you want to give it a listen you can download that audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center one more time that's audibletrial.com slash force center for a free audio book uh we also have another a we've been doing this segment of current ask where we're we're looking at something we're trying to achieve and just uh taking off our our imaginary hats maybe ken is actually wearing a ball cap uh, and saying hey we need help with this here's the fun thing I don't know, Ken, if you and I agreed on what we're asking for on this particular episode. <laughs> we didn't. We didn't. Uh, uh, not, not, not disagreed, but just uh, our, our notes uh, are, don't, probably don't show the same thing. So here's – I'm going to go where my heart tells, uh, tells me, Joseph, and maybe the force leads me. Uh, we've put some uh, wonderful content up there, some shorts, some Star Wars essays. Uh, we got episodes of figure fights. So in order to make that grow, we're going to ask – if you consider subscribing to the channel, we've had yeah. a goal out there about 7,000. We're so, so close. In fact, hey, who knows? At the time of this recording, maybe we exploded in popularity and we crossed over it. But that just means we still need your help uh, as we expand Force Center on YouTube, expand what we do and uh, share our voice, our version of uh, Star Wars fandom, right? Our, per- our personalities out there on this uh, scary Internet thing. So if you want to join in that cause, we'd love you to subscribe, hit that notification bell so you don't miss episodes, live streams, and whatnot over there. So there you go. That's the ask. That is my new favorite way to ask for uh, uh, subscriptions on YouTube. Please join my personality on the scary internet thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A subscription is a vote of confidence in my soul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, we want votes of confidence, not uh, the vote of no confidence made famous by the Phantom Menace. Uh, we know it exists other places anyway. But we're talking about Star Wars. We're going to get into our cues. We have two questions from Twitter and two questions from our patrons on Patreon. As always, we go first to Twitter and G.S. Fords. Uh, G.S. Fords. That is great. That sounds like uh, in uh, early American who started in... <laughs> Some sort of industry. Anyway, uh, G.S. Ford says, following Lando's betrayal on Cloud City, did Han and crew have dinner with Vader afterwards, or was the dining room just the best place to catch them off guard? Just something I have thought about ever since watching. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you, G.S. Ford. This is a great one. This is like a classic Star Wars question that I don't know we've talked about a ton. Where do you go with this, Ken? This is what I would, this is a playground question. This is what mm-hmm. in 83 for me, but for those who watched Empire in 80, you're probably on the playground wondering this one. So I've been spending spend a lot of time in my life thinking about this one, uh, GS Fords. Uh, here, I, I, there's a follow-up question, Joseph, of, of what do you think Vader was doing before that door opened? Just sitting there <laughs> silently at the table, waiting, <laughs> checking his phone, checking messages from Palpatine. Who knows? Uh, a lot going on there. But I... I, here's what I got. No, they didn't touch any of that food. Um, they, they, um, I think the dining room was just the best place to catch them off guard. I think it's a great way to look at it. But I do think this. I think there's a bunch of wasted leftover food. Maybe Fett takes uh, <laughs> an apple. I rewatched a scene this morning. I was trying to figure out what's on the table. Maybe there's a video pointed out somewhere in the world, like a 
plum, a space plum. Maybe Fett takes one for the road. Uh, Vader, we know, does not partake. Um, but I, I think Vader would go, He, he did, this is what he did. He went to great lengths to get these people, even at the cost of a nice dinner. But here's two things that I think happen, Joseph. One, when that door closes, we don't see it, of course. I think Han makes a crack about, can we at least eat first? Or, mm-hmm. oh, Nicolo <laughs> fish around? Like, I think he makes a wisecrack. And then I think flash forward a bit, after everything's kind of happened, there's this uh, right before Lando makes uh, the big decision to to spring them and with Lobot's help and all that stuff. I think before that, Lando at one point returns to that table, sits there in the dark and eats angrily alone with his thoughts after Vader changes the deal one too many times. And it's there at that table that, that he decides to do something. Like he presses the the, the, the phone and, and calls Lobot. I think oh, that's man. Yeah, I'm all for that deleted scene. I know, you know, a lot of logistical problems uh, shooting it these days, but oh, yeah. Lando broods in the dark, uh, munching. (laughs) Yeah, he's just like eating and he just think, and he's just, it's really hitting him, you know? Like they they, they use this meal to trap my friends and there's nothing I can do. And what, maybe, maybe there is something I can do as he takes a bite. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, a big sip, a big sip of a uh, space uh, Corellian brandy, right? And yeah, thinking about the old times. Yeah, oh, I love that. I love that image. Um, yeah, I've been uh, fascinated with that moment for a long time. I think it's pitched so well in the film that it feels it feels heavy. It feels awful, you know. Um, the uh, you know, I'm sorry in the in Hans. Yeah, I'm sorry too. Like that stuck with me. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I quoted that sometimes when, uh, when bad things happen to me, yeah. <laughs> people say, I'm sorry. And be like, I'm sorry too. Uh, I felt Hans pain. Uh, the look on Leia's face is so great. Uh, such a great scene. And then you have the like, but wait, I mean, that's dinner. <laughs> Vader sucking through a straw, uh, don't doing <laughs> jokes of blowing it back in and bubbling it up. Like what, what is going on? And I, I know there's a robot chicken sketch, you know, I, I have yeah. not seen it in, you know, a long time. I can't remember what, what all jokes they did. Um, believe it's been a, a couple of years now since we read it, but that from a certain point of view book, uh, the Empire Strikes Back edition, I think did have some stuff with the chef or the wait staff uh, mm-hmm. setting up mm-hmm. the table. So I think uh, this question, this great playground question of joking, like, did they have dinner? Uh, I think it has been nibbled at a, a couple different places uh, to find the comedy of it. But I really wanted to do a sketch uh, back in the day when I had a, uh, a monthly mm-hmm. kind of comedy variety show uh, that I produced with my brother, but uh, there was about 15 of us who were kind of the regular cast and, like I always wanted to do a sketch of this and it just never happened of just the, the awkward dinner conversation. Uh, so I love this question. I think uh, going to the actual heart of it of like, that is kind of a weird place. Why would Vader do that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I like the GS Ford's thought that it is a strategically sound place to grab them, to catch them off guard. But I think for the sake of the movie and the character of Vader, it's theatrical, right? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's good storytelling because it's it's theatrical. You know, it's it's much more engaging and interesting than just knock on the door, surprise, Vader, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> at yeah. their bedroom door, you know? Uh, but I think that's a part of Vader's character that he is kind of theatrical, right? Um, he, yeah. he wants to constantly impose uh, his presence, right? He, he wants to have control and have people respect his power and that comes down to physical that comes down to his kind of some of his uh his snarky comments like you know apology accepted yeah. captain nita in front of other people so true. <laughs> he's 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 a bit theatrical 
and I think this is a very theatrical place to grab them. Mm-hmm. And I kind of come at it from the, the point of this ship has been a thorn in Vader's side many times. Uh, this absolute no one smuggler, you know, that even Anakin probably would have looked down on Solo before he fell, right? Vader's yeah. got to hate Han Solo so much, hate that Han Solo has, you know, gotten out of his grasp, you know? So I think he 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 wants to twist the knife. And I feel like that's what, this is theater about twisting the knife. Um, not only is it a place for, a, you know, a big surprise revelation, your friend betrayed you and you're absolutely bleeped, but I'm going to do that to you in a place of warmth and connection. It's a dining room. It's a formal dinner for honored guests. It's the place where you're going to relax. You're going to laugh. People are going to wait on you. It's a place you would want to be. And then surprise. No, it's not. It's hell. And I, you know, it's your worst nightmare solo, you know, <laughs> I'm thinking of Ian McDermott in dirty rotten scoundrels. When he leans over to Steve Martin, welcome to hell. Uh, that works no no i was gonna go the same spot too of of this is a you know that there there's some little details i love and and again we watched rewatched this scene i've spent my entire life watching but watch it again closer and you got lobot walking away there's a lobot's walking Uh right so he's going to get the stormtroopers yes he's going to get the troopers and and it's probably like yep everything's in place just got the thumbs up from vader um and, and then there's that look that lando gives han and, and Lan Chewie, but mostly Han right before the door opens. It's heartbreaking. He knows what he's about to do. He knows what he's feeling. We know we know Lando and Billy D feels he's a survivor and he's got to do what he's got to do. But that's going to be that's going to really crush his soul. And, and you know, and he knows it. I think he knows it. And he knows this deal's getting worse all the time. And there's so, so much stuff. It's so much about the trust. Game of Thrones, the world of Game of Thrones has guest rights. You enter that house. You don't want to violate that. That's something that's something from history mm-hmm. as well. And you know, um, yeah, so I think you're right. And and then yeah, Vader. Vader's Vader's a, a little jerk, man. Let's let like, Anakin's a, a sassy boy, man. He's he's got, he's got some lip, and he he looks how to turn things and 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 needle you. And uh, I don't think Vader loses that. And that's one of the things going jumping to Rogue One and in, in the, you know, don't you know, choke on your aspirations. You know, I, I think you and I both said it's not necessarily our all time favorite Star Wars line, but I think over the years. I have less uh, of a reaction to it, a negative reaction like I did when I first saw it in 2016 because, yeah, now I can see Anakin saying that. <laughs> I can see Anakin and he's still there. <laughs> so all of it, uh, it turns into this really dramatic breaking of trust. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I, I'm, I wouldn't have minded that line if there were a bunch of other Imperials in front of right. him because I feel like he says those lines to affect other people. And mm-hmm. Krennic's good. He just choked him. <laughs> He's, <laughs> you know, that and the fact that there's, to me, a different a difference between snark and the direct wordplay. But uh, a discussion that. for another time. I'm I'm so positive about most things. I Every, every once in a while, I like to focus on a tiny thing that I have a small <laughs> problem with. So uh, people don't call me a shill. Uh, there, I don't <laughs> like that one line. Um, but But the line I do like and is related is the we would be honored if you would join us right yes right that drives home the oh did you think you were sitting down for a a nice meal after being chased across the galaxy uh and like obviously vader wouldn't say this but the implication is we would be honored if you would join us not for dinner but torture (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I love it. No. Oh, big steaming bowl of pain. We would yeah. be honored if you would join us for me beating the hell out of you emotionally, you know? Our first course is suffering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have this thought here too, uh, going into more some maybe silly headcanon. Uh, so we got Lando afterwards, maybe coming back and, and, and having some reflections over uh, leftover dinner before that in this day, you got Boba Fett hiding around the corner, probably just giggling in his own fat way. Like I'm going to pop out. I'll pop out. Right. I got the spurs shaking. <laughs> He's like, yeah, just get in the corner, get in the corner. No disintegrations. I, I, in my head, I like that deep down inside the tormented monster that is Vader is having some Anakin flashbacks to that dinner with Padme and Attack of Clones, where he's looking at some of that fruit and thinking about slicing it in two and floating it over to Padme, where it's just, Aww. he's at that dinner table and he's just like, this is what I've become. So I must double down on it. I'm, I'm going to double down on it right here. And that's not even know, he doesn't even know who Leia is, right? He doesn't know. Yeah. The, re- the relation and the power that that is. But I just think in his mind, I want I want that art piece of Vader sitting at the table in Empire and just a dreamy vision of him passing fruit to Padme. Oh, man, that's so sad. And, and I, I'm focusing on Vader's attitude toward toward Solo because I think he would I, I think he probably has even a little bit more respect for Leia of like, you know, uh, she's a strategist and, you know, a, a politician and a freedom fighter. And I, I hear, hear her good propaganda that she's getting out across the galaxy so like i think he's happy to capture her you know Uh, but i think there's something about like i have a little respect for her evading me i it pisses me off so much that this you know scrum rat from corellia has been running circles around me oh yeah yeah absolutely and and, you know that hunk of junk that that uh, i think by this time vader's seen some of the hollows and they oh that's the ship that came out of the the sky, so to speak, and knocked me in the in the Tie Fighters out. Okay, oh, okay. yeah, I'm gonna get All you. Right. I'm gonna get All you. Right. Yeah, and I do think it is. We have to talk about one pivotal moment in the scene. Hmm. Vader sits down right at the end, and I think that is what what really uh, gets the idea. Like, do they have dinner? Does he make mm-hmm. them sit down, or does just he sit down while <laughs> the stormtroopers come and uh, you yeah. know put him in binders and carry him off, and he just you know watches? Is that what's going on? Yeah. I look again. He's he's not going to take out the mask and and chow down there, but no. there could be just some celebra- celebration kind of uh, smile underneath that he's just kind of sitting there watching. Yeah, this is my real joke answer. It's funny to think of it as an awkward dinner scene, and you know, with the family jokes of oh, so you want to date my daughter, all that kind of thing. Um, obviously, he doesn't know that then. Uh, but the the comedy idea that amuses me now is you know, Vader sits down, he makes them sit down. Uh, and then there's some dinner theater. There's like <laughs> a real cheesy murder mystery where they have to, you know, write down their guesses of, of who did it. And they <laughs> have to do all this with Vader. This is what I want. I want some, uh, you know, a nice uh, a performing uh, Ugnot comes out, maybe a droid, <laughs> you know. I think it's great. That's, yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, we would be honored if you would join us for dinner theater. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this one? Uh, you know what? I got to say something. I saw this question today. I was like, oh, this is great. This is great. I wonder how long we go on this. We are going right where we need to be. We got a lot. Of this. Great question. <laughs> uh, watch that. That'll be the longest time we take on, on questions, even though we have some deep ones, some good ones, some really deep ones. Uh, we're going to move on to our next question from Twitter. This comes to us from Daniel Zarlik. Uh, Daniel says, hi, FC friends. A while ago, Filoni said he had a specific story in mind with Ahsoka for years. Now that our show is coming out, he's able to make this come true. So let's have fun with it. What do you think 
is Filoni's story. Daniel continues, One thing comes to mind for me, Ahsoka getting an apprentice. This would rhyme with Anakin not wanting to teach her at at first and then growing to be a better Jedi with her. She first rejected to teach Grogu, but she might have a change of heart in her show. Maybe some of the new cast is Ahsoka's apprentice? That'd be fun. What do you think about this potential story? What other stories would Filoni have in mind? Sorry for the long post, and may the Force be with you. Uh, No apologies uh, for the long uh, post. Thank you for threatening the tweets uh, so they were easy for me to find. Love this, uh, love the question and the theorizing. So, Ken, uh, where do you go with this? Uh, let's talk big picture first, and then yeah. we'll get down to the specifics uh, that, that Daniel's throwing out about in a, a possible apprentice story. What Do you have any sort of um, either thoughts, guesses, or just hopes about what you would like this Ahsoka story to be that Filoni's had in mind for so many years? Yeah, I think I do have less to say on this than the Empire dinner scene. Look, I don't mean this to be jokey, but it's like, I guess this all leads to Ahsoka moving to Mortis, right? That just seems like where we're going. She's going to pack up some convoy cages and head to Mortis. But I, I just, I, you know, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think that's, that's the answer. Um, I, I, this, I, 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 wanna, I do not mean this snarky, but they're, they're Dave and Ahsoka and the protectiveness of, uh, of the character is very clear and, and very, it's, every, it's, it is known, as they would say, um, in Game of Thrones. I, I see it being a story justifying her path in a way. Everything, she, every decision she made, the, more of the, the approach to the Jedi way versus what the Jedi Order was. And, and it's a little bit of Ahsoka was correct, and, and, but maybe now, instead of just celebrating that I, I was correct, um, where she is now and the search for Ezra, all that kind of stuff. We'll see where it lays out, but just taking her powers to help others in the, in the galaxy. I don't see it as a, any kind of retirement to Mortis, but like a, a transformation. Like she's got this personal mandate to go forward with someone alone might be uh, the details, but to continue to help like mm-hmm. what she f- feels the Jedi are and doesn't need a temple. Doesn't need an order. Maybe she stops off. She knows them. She meditates. She hangs out with Luke, all that kind of stuff. Great. But like I need a, my place is out there. And it's going to continue to be out there. And and that's what I want to go do. Almost like riding into the sunset, but to continuing to help people on the other side of the horizon. Yeah. No, I really like that. I, and, and I do feel like, uh, I know it's been said a lot by me, by many other people, I do feel like Ahsoka is going to end up in Mortis. But it, it, and that almost sounds like, you know, we've t- mm-hmm. talked about enough. It can sound like a joke. Like, eh, throw her in yeah, Mortis. Right. That's where she needs to end up. But mm-hmm. honestly, like pulling back, I don't know if that's, necessarily where this first season is going because i I just kind of feel like um this season might be about some other stuff and there might still be that kind of big crossover event with the mandoverse and i feel like uh the end of her journey on this mortal plane might be heading to mortis but i don't know if that's the next story we're going to get so Mm -hmm. I, i think that's where it's headed in the big picture eventually someday um and I think just to reconnect with the heart of that, um, you look at all the, the great ideas that were in the Mortis um, arc, that that these beings had reached this level of uh, understanding of the Force and power where they could help control, you know, keeping everything in balance. It's, it, it was truly this service to the galaxy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, in everything that Ahsoka learns about being a Jedi and reinforces about the Jedi is that this idea of, well, where I exist as a Jedi to help people. That's the point, you know, mm-hmm. it isn't glory. It isn't winning some ultimate cosmic war battle. It's just help people. Yeah. Um, then you go with like, you know, this is something that Filoni has been involved in since 
the beginning that this is a place where Ahsoka touched darkness, where she was corrupted there, right? She felt the worst of what the dark side uh, could be. She was selflessly saved by the daughter. And then, you know, the the Convor connection, uh, the Convor More in, in particular, um, doesn't show up until Rebels. It is associated with the daughter because it's on various illustrations of the Mortis gods where uh, More is connected to the daughter. So, like, th- that to me isn't a random, like, you know, super deep cut. It's right. um, Ahsoka was given her life back by the life force of the daughter. And then there's this bird that may represent her that's clearly a friend, an aide. Uh, you know, Ahsoka says something along the lines of, you know, they, they, they've, you know, help me they've saved my life um moray is important not just an easter egg and it feels like a thread of a story so how and mm-hmm. when ahsoka met moray what ahsoka's understanding of of what uh moray uh the convoy truly is all that seems like fertile storytelling not just easter egg stuff not just clues to her eventual fate but story um how Ahsoka feels about the nature of the force, her connection to the daughter, what the daughter means, you know, what the light side means yeah. uh, is all rich storytelling stuff. Um, yeah. And then one, one other big picture thing about the, the Mortis stuff, I was really affected in my uh, rewatch of rebels getting to see everything in a compact way that this, this big idea that um, the idea of finding your place isn't like everybody's destined for one specific thing and just, just do that, stay locked in. It's, it's a matter mm-hmm. of, uh, Ahsoka compliments Kanan by saying he found where he was, where and when he was needed the most, and he gave everything to help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. like an ethos that's really developing with Ahsoka of, you know, her 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 journey in Clone Wars season seven, where it's like I I don't know know who I want to be, I don't know what the Jedi mean to me, like oh well, the, I just want to help people. She helped yeah. people for years as Fulcrum in little ways, in whatever way she could. So this idea of like wherever she ends up is probably going to be where can I help most? Maybe that's Mortis because I just want to find the place where I can help the most. You, you're doing a great job of selling it to someone like me who as I don't I def, I don't mean it a joke at all, but just like I don't know. I guess she goes to Mortis just means <laughs> gets could co- co- end up of just again the why of it and and and, and that's the thing and. and Sometimes I, I poke a little fun at the man in the cowboy hat, but I just think Dave understands that stuff and he understands his character so much. And I don't, I do like that he's protective of, it. and I do love that he has the potential here to, to take this uh, story home, so to speak, to, to, to drive it to the, to the end he has, uh, he's designed. So, and it could, and all that about the why of Mortis, right. Versus just some crazy space planet that no one really knows anything about. Just like how, why that exists, why, why George put it in there, why the team of Clone Wars put it in there. Uh, the world between worlds connections, uh, Moray, Convors, all that stuff. Yeah, it's 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 not surface level. And so I think if we end up hitting that direction, it will be very earned without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious about about that uh, in the big picture. But like I said, maybe we'll get some, uh, you know, Moray stuff. You know, Moray was physically seen in, in Mandalorian, you know. So maybe we'll get some sort of flashbacks to that relationship. But for me, I think the story, the emotional story of the Ahsoka season that I'm interested in, I think is a good possibility is just that this idea of healing, you know, mm-hmm. um, Ahsoka lost everything when she left the Jedi order. And then she kind of lost everything again when she ended up, uh, stranded, uh, I think on Malachor, uh, she wasn't there, you know, for Anakin, uh, 
to to help save him. She promised to find Ezra. She seems really determined in her first appearance in Mandalorian season two to find Ezra. Um, I think she's probably wrestling with still wrestling with everything that that he became wrestling with being alone for a really long time. Mm. Um, I think there's a possibility that, you know, she does commune or connect with the spirit of Anakin in some way. Maybe we'll see her meet Luke for the first time. Maybe we'll see her really different driven by needing to help Ezra and put that rebels family back together again. And all those ideas, all those, all those kind of what if plot points to me add up to an idea of healing. Uh, so that's, that's the story that I'm curious to see if that will develop in this first season. Yeah, no, I, I, that, that's uh, just seeing her, her interactions, interactions with, with Din versus interactions with Luke and that, that, you know, there's a lot, a lot of stuff happens emotionally between those two moments. It seems like you, you and I have always been waiting to mm-hmm. have that Luke conversation uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Healing uh, that, that works for me. And, and overall, just from a almost surface level to Daniel's question, I was like, I, I see Filoni having to tell a story that makes us understand why she wasn't around and, and didn't join mm-hmm. the fight. Those questions we have that are a little bit of playground questions that maybe sometimes might miss the thematic uh, points of all of this. Uh, and, and also maybe he now has to answer why we hear her in Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, Dave, you're going to have to deal with that one, right? Like, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. And, 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 but all that, is driven by what you're talking about or driven by what um, maybe the end result could be this, what I'm talking about, this transformation into to going out and helping uh, and not being bound by this. And as we can talk a little bit more directly about uh, some of the stuff Daniel's talking about and asking here, but yeah, that, that's why I kind of rebuffed the idea of an apprentice. Not, mm, not yeah. Yeah. Debate it, but just like it almost, it would make sense. Hey, come with me on the galaxy, but almost like not hinder. That seems kind of rude to apprentices around the galaxy but you know what i mean of just like not what she's there for yeah i, I think it would be interesting to have her be kind of torn about it you know i think mm-hmm. i think ezra's probably too far along in his journey to become her apprentice right yeah. um I, I think you know possibly the these one of the stories that that dave has in mind is after she finds out what happened to anakin you know mm-hmm. that she has to come back to what does it mean to be a Jedi now? Like I found, I found who I needed to be during the dark times. I was fulcrum. I helped where I could. I helped bring people together. Um, Now that this galactic civil war is, is over, who do I want to be? What do I want to be? You know? Mm -hmm. And I, I think Filoni has said some things that hint at this. You just said it. I think that something has happened to her in between when we see her in, the Mandalorian season two. And when we see her in book of Boba Fett, she seems in a much better place <laughs> Yes, uh, for sure. Meeting Luke, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably I think having a better understanding of what happened to, to Anakin. So I, I think that there is the possibility that we're going to see her at the beginning of the Ahsoka show, uh, which sounds like a variety show. It's the Ahsoka show um, in a little bit of that darker place. And that would be really fascinating to see if, if she encounters somebody who's like, I need, I'm, I'm force sensitive. It's, you know, I'm not going to be hunted for it anymore, but I don't, who, who do I go to? You know, if, if, uh, Ahsoka hasn't met Luke yet and know about his school and, and somebody comes to her and says, I, I need your help. And she doesn't really want to do it. You know, it, that mm-hmm. could be a really interesting dynamic that she is. She's not comfortable being like, yes, I, I am a trainer of the Jedi. I'll restart the Jedi order, but also I can't say no to helping this person that could be an interesting relationship. Absolutely. I, I yeah, I, I, 
I know the timeline of the Ahsoka series there's and versus the end of Rebels, there's some questions that we have yet to get answered for. So, uh, I, I, but her seeing her and spending a little time with her before she really knows or understands who Luke is or even where he is or any of those, I, there's something about that I like about learning that or moving towards that, getting that, uh, getting that answer. Yeah, yeah, and I think. Um... I think uh, a while back when Tales of the Jedi came out and people had their very valid and understandable concerns about the revision of, of Ahsoka's story from the novel and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, not including some crucial characters. That was all a very important conversation. There was a, a pretty long interview with Filoni, I believe, on Nerdist. And some of the quotes about the Tales of the Jedi stuff really uh, uh, echoed out, understandably. But he says some pretty clear stuff in that article, too, about Ahsoka's timeline isn't maybe exactly what you think it is. Mm. Wait for the show. Some really interesting stuff there. So if people are really excited about this, I, I think that's a good interview to track down for for yeah. uh, for the fun speculation. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Uh, are we ready to take a quick break, Ken? Should we go to uh, Vader's dining room for a second? <laughs> we should go to commercial Mortis. Okay, let's go. To, <laughs> we pitch to Mortis for a forced commercial back in a moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And we are back with our ongoing question of can we talk about each question exactly as long as we talked about the Vader dining room on Cloud City. We go into our questions from our patrons on Patreon. Go first to Brian Babcock. Brian says, hello, Ken and Joseph. We've all been hearing stirrings of a season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi happening. Of course, nothing confirmed or announced yet. So speculating responsibly. I'm curious what you would want to see in another season of Kenobi. I feel it would be difficult to do Obi-Wan versus Vader again. Though their stories are so intertwined, it would also be difficult not to include Vader. I was thinking it might be interesting to have Obi-Wan facing off against Maul. Perhaps he meets and joins forces with Kira, and they oust Maul from his seat of power. While I love the animation side of Star Wars and by no means consider it less than, I remember being a bit bummed out that Maul didn't get much focus in the Twin Suns episode of Rebels. Given that was the end of his story, I'd have liked to have seen him have a bit more of an arc I'd love to know your thoughts. Thanks for reading. And as always, may the force be with you. Uh, this is a great question. This is like the, a, a great little nesting doll of questions. There's a big picture question about season two of Obi-Wan, but then some fun stuff in here about uh, Vader's uh, appearance in, in a second season and about Maul's arc in Rebels. So, Ken, where would you like to start? Uh, d- wonderful way to look at it. We're just we're cracking open the eggs here, pulling out uh, a lot of things here. I-, I I do agree that another round with Maul and Kira and all that that world have great potential. Learn more there. As far as the the Maul and the Rebels thing, um, I, I you know I I, I think and Brian's been a wonderful long time listener. I think that's a great. It gives me pause to think I've never thought about it in those terms because I've I've been satisfied. I think. And I don't mean this to, to fight Brian's words, but I, I think the fact that Maul doesn't necessarily have an arc, like almost like a literally like like he has a straight line is part of him, mm-hmm. part of what he is. Uh, and so I think I felt I got enough from it. But but also uh, he's he's he turned into such a dynamic, interesting character uh, in so many ways. A lot of lessons to learn from him. So I'd be fine with that there. That's where I start f- first. And then we can move into some of the Vader stuff there. But curious about your thoughts and Maul and Twin Sons and all that, too. Yeah, I really agree with Brian. I think I was uh, really thinking about that on my Rebels rewatch. It was one of those times it was great to have already known where it was going. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you you didn't get distracted by sort of the mystery and the question. For me, the way Maul is presented in Rebels is he's great. He's dynamic and funny and surprising and scary and all these wonderful things. But when you you start to break down everything that's going on with him, it's like we are meeting him when he is just broken and has nothing left he's got like Mm -hmm. this we know he's had this ambition of uh, a list right uh revenge on on palpatine uh revenge on vader and the sith and uh building up my crime power crime lord power and having all my power back and being a major force in the galaxy and then also revenge on obi-wan and all the big things have been chipped away Mm -hmm. 
And when, when you first watch Rebels and you don't know exactly what he's after, you can wonder if he's after some bigger things. But it, it gets stripped away because he, he's not coming for Palpatine. He mm-hmm. doesn't have a, a crime syndicate. He's not trying to build one. Uh, maybe he's manipulating Ezra, but he just says, I can't take Vader alone. Um, and you realize, even though he's massively dynamic in Rebels as a character, that his story is, I have nothing left mm-hmm. but this empty, pathetic last check mark on my bucket list. Mm-hmm. I've lived my whole life for vengeance. I'm not willing to turn away from that. I got to get vengeance on Kenobi. That's the only thing I'm existing for. So in one way I get like, yeah, he doesn't have much of an arc, but I think that's also the point is he has nothing left, but the most empty and pathetic thing on his bucket list, which is just kill this one guy in my entire life will have been justified. And it and, and all comes to a head in that moment where he's like, uh, you know, look what you are. It doesn't rat. I forget the exact quote. And, and Kenobi's mm-hmm. like, look what I've risen above. I think that's the, the crux of everything you're talking about in my mind right then and there. By the way, folks, by the, if you want to get more on this, we did a Force Center scene by scene episode. Uh, <laughs> search and find it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think another part of it to me is I, I always felt like Maul is like really like is violent and horrible and sad, like strangely likable in Rebels because uh, he, he keeps calling Ezra his apprentice and is so sure that he can tempt him to the dark side. And some of that is for Ezra's storytelling mm-hmm. sake. Yeah. But I also just get the the picture that like Maul is lonely, you know, and he doesn't want Ezra out of some grand, like I will train him and over together we will overthrow Vader. It's more just like, I, I, I'd like a vengeance buddy. Cause I'm real lonely. <laughs> a vengeance buddy. My buddy, my vengeance buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Google that uh, commercial, uh, younger people. <laughs> um, my buddy doll, my avenger. And, and I don't think it's like, I, I don't think he's aware of it. Of like, yes, I'm, mm-hmm. I am quite lonely and it'd be great if Ezra became my apprentice. But it's, yeah. you know, but yeah. I feel it. I feel like he's doesn't, he's lonely. It's sad. Everything about it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. So I guess that, that, all of that uh, uh, opinions about his arc in Rebels is to say, I do feel like there is like a big story arc to be had with him that leaves him on Malachor and leaves him with kind of nothing much left, but getting, finding, finding Kenobi and getting him. Um, and so I would love to see the story of how, how he fall, how he loses Crimson Dawn and how he falls. Uh, mm-hmm. First choice, the, uh, big budget movie <laughs> with Mia Clark is yeah. Kira. You know, I think I'm for myself, I'm on the fence about whether I want Obi-Wan involved in that, um, in that or not, or if that's Kira in Maul's story, you know, or, or even if Obi-Wan's presence makes it less Maul's story. And I feel like, uh, I would really like his final fall from Crimson Dawn to, to be Maul's story. Mm-hmm. So, so thinking about what, what's the right place to, to make sure that Maul has that focus. Yeah, for my money, I tell t- it's leading into the next maybe part of the discussion. But I, 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 I like the idea of Kenobi not being involved because when Maul shows up in Rebels, it's almost like Kenobi's like, "Oh, that's right, you." <laughs> and Maul has been like, "It's been you every second of my life." And oh yeah, how you doing? I forgot. What you doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the fun thing about Maul is Obi-Wan reckoning with uh, how many arch enemies he's made of like, oh yeah, I focus so much on how much I failed Vader and why he hates me so much. I forgot you hate me too, just as much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, not that I, I wouldn't want to see Obi-Wan and, and, and Maul together yeah. in some way, but also the Twin Sons episode is so great in terms of their relationship in that end. And that I'd be open for a how how Maul lost Crimson Dawn story that involves Obi-Wan, but I, I wouldn't want it to become about Obi-Wan so that it can be Maul's yeah. story. Agree. Agree. All right. So let's talk about season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. If there was a season two, what would you want it to be and how would you want Vader to factor in, if at all? See, this is I, I've been since the uh, Kenobi season, uh, the, the Kenobi season wrapped up. I've been all about season two. And this great question from Brian made me question myself on that, because what I, everything I'm thinking of, I don't know if it works as a show. <laughs> It works as more of a poem uh, than, a, than a show. Uh, so I, I'll start here. I I, I, I agree. Uh, I don't want to put words into uh, Brian's mouth here with this question, but I, I agree going back to Vader would almost seem like going to the well one too many times for me. Yet I also think that the emotions aren't necessarily over for Vader. Uh, that last moment with Palpatine, it, he's certainly lying to his boss or trying to convince himself that no, 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 Kenobi means nothing. And, you know, Palpatine's happy with the answer, or at least in the moment. But and that, where on the flip side is, I think Kenobi has, has clearly gotten to a place of peace with Vader. So I don't know how well it would work that they're in each other's orbit again. Um, and I know a lot of people might have uh, not another fight and all that kind of stuff. And then and that's something you'd have to think about before you do it. So I'll start there. But I, I want I want this this I want this show to be a slow roasted meditation like a Qui-Gon <laughs> teaching them how to reach the other side but both of them having maybe some reflection on what went wrongs and conversations what the future is like and you had mentioned it uh, with, with Soka and, and, and Kanan I'm glad you mentioned that of just Kenobi really learning and confirming about knowing your place in the story thinking again of the twin sons moment when Ezra shows up and Kenobi's like you're not supposed to be here which was almost yeah. like Kenobi talking to the audience like, no, 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 we know Luke's the, you know, part of the chosen one game with his dad and that's Luke's story and, and Ezra as a Jedi can exist because his story's not here. And I think just Kenobi getting a little bit more clued, he's more clued into the galaxy now, right? He's been out and about, he's stopped, he stopped uh, carving whale meat or shark meat <laughs> and he's very aware if he wasn't already, but he, he can't ignore the, the problems going on in the galaxy, but he has to learn or has to keep keep on the the path of this is where I belong, and and this is how I can help everyone is be here with Luke and and, and so I don't know maybe because maybe he'd feel the need to run out again and and all this stuff. But all this to say though, Joseph, where's the conflict, the action, the villain, the episodes? I'm I'm pitching a campsite conversation with Qui Gon that might not be the most <laughs> dynamic television. <program. laughs> yeah, no, I agree with a ton of what you're saying. I think for myself, uh, I absolutely love the Obi Wan Kenobi show. Um, I don't necessarily need Vader and Obi-Wan to come into conflict again. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love that. Yeah. You highlighted it really well. I love it that Obi-Wan finds a way to move forward that, that it will always be a wound, but he can't let that wound hold him back. Right. Uh, of what happened to Vader. Vader made his choice. Um, and Anakin's gone. Uh, <laughs> and Vader's conversation with Palpatine is borderline comedy, right? When Vader's like, we'll destroy anything in our path we will get kenobi <laughs> and then palpatine's like should you though and he's like you know you're right we shouldn't we shouldn't at all no, <laughs> I, never mind never mind everything i just said no, forget about it you're right no he does he means nothing to me yeah i was just i was just i was just kind of saying maybe if you wanted to destroy everything in pursuit of kenobi i i could be up for that too <laughs> uh so i would be uh, it, it was so great to see vader um 
the voice technology worked for me. That's a whole other conversation, but it worked for me. It was great to see Hayden in the suit, all those things. I would be almost interested in a season two where they don't interact, but maybe a Vader almost has like a, a B story of his own that is mirroring uh, whatever's going on with Kenobi in some interesting yeah. way. I actually glad you said that I had had that idea of just like, can you, can it just now be a, not a sitcom, but one of those shows where over, or even like Game of Thrones, we got a, a you know, Daenerys is over in Westeros or Essos. We just have Vader in the hallways working through his problems. <laughs> and they've they done need, a, gr- yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, they don't need to meet. They just, they're in the same orbit, you know? Yeah. They, and they've done so much great storytelling with Vader in, in the comics. And I think that there are a lot of, of stories to tell with the, yeah. with his, Adventures, and it'd be great to see some of, uh, not necessarily comic adaptation, but some of those kinds of adventures. The constant need to prove himself, prove his devotion to the dark side, and yeah. recommit to it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, th- Him being put through yet another test by Palpatine to recommit to the dark side to prove himself would be an interesting contrast to, I think, the this, if there is a second season of Obi-Wan, I would want to see his journey to learn to become one with the Force, right? Mm. Um, because... I feel like that is, you know, it's been talked about in various interviews with all the different writers who worked on Obi-Wan that at one point the, you know, original screenwriter of the film version wanted it to be a trilogy. And uh, and I think that that door is left open by, you know, Qui-Gon saying, you know, we've got a long way to go. You know, he doesn't mm. mean uh, physically to like, I picked out a hut <laughs> uh, for you to live in, picked out a cabin, uh, I picked out a desert cabin. Uh, I think it is uh, much more about you have opened the door back up to being a Jedi, to to feeling the light side, to having the force, uh, you know, course through you and be a part of your your life. Um, now you need to go through all of this work to to um, understand yourself, forgive yourself, uh, prepare yourself to to be totally selfless to become one with the force. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, it it is when you pitch it, it can absolutely sound like, yeah, I just want like a meditation video where we (laughs) just an hour of you and McGregor, you know, uh, (laughs) legs folded, sitting peacefully, maybe floats in the air every once in a while. It's like watching, you know, a train video or a fireside video at the holidays. We just watch Obi-Wan meditate. Uh, But as you and I've talked about before, that great clone wars arc in season six, where Yoda goes on an active journey um to physical places and metaphysical places i i think that's what, what kind of opened up the story is that kenobi deciding like yes i need to be here for luke but also i just need to let him grow up he's got mm-hmm. parents that protect mm-hmm. him i don't need to be hovering over him right now i have a little freedom to move about the galaxy obviously you have to be careful not to be caught as a jedi but that idea of you know he's having a hard time of letting go of a part of his past and qui-gon sends him physically somewhere to go do something to help him process through it. Maybe he does encounter Maul. Maybe, maybe you get kind of the best of both worlds where he goes on some dream quests with Vader, Vader and Maul on either shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Telling him why he is awful (laughs) and, you know, does not deserve to call himself a Jedi, you know? Um, And then within that, you, you've sent him out in the galaxy. You could get him into actual physical, um, you know, scrapes, not all just yeah. metaphysical, uh, but all of it in the emotional journey to to become the person he needs to be by the time of the Twin Suns episode of yeah. Rebels. Yeah, yeah. Big final link in that story chain for me, yeah. Yeah. 
How do you how, how do you feel about the possibility? Like, I feel like there's the Obi Wan Kenobi show is just a a weird temperature check. I feel like people were really excited about it. It was as it was coming out. There was some criticism. There's some people who just didn't want Obi Wan Invader to meet. So there's yeah. th- those people. It was never going to be for them, and that's just fine. But I feel like there was such excitement about it, and then I feel like that excitement has kind of dulled down to like n- mm-hmm. not as much. W- what is your temperature check on? the the fandom for wanting more obi-wan that's that's a that's a great one because you know trying to to sift through the snark and and, mm-hmm. and sift through the you know uh people using their love of andor against shows like this which got me particularly uh angry at times a little dark side energy for me over that there so i i don't know the honest uh, thing but i can tell you myself i again i mentioned even this question has made me think that i might be more okay with just one season than i would have thought even a couple months ago Mm-hmm. Um, but t- if there's a second one, I'm going to be front and center, uh, you know, as, as quick as I can get there, uh, for it. But I, I don't know. That's, that's a fair question. Maybe something, uh, we can ask of the fans, but, um, I don't know what your, what your experiences are. Cause even, even like I, I keep mentioning on the news show, I was talking about running into to comics at the uh, comedy clubs. So have strong star Wars opinions. It's about Mando and Boba Fett or, and, or the sequels, Kenobi good or bad. And I'm saying it's like an indifference. It just, it, 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 it just, it doesn't come up as much. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I feel like it was like a slam dunk with, with those criticisms and, and caveats. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but there was such excitement and, and, you know, there was talk about a second season in that. So yeah. I, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, where, where does that land? Um, mm-hmm. In and uh, Disney, Disney's uh, trying to make sure that Disney Plus is profitable. Does Obi Wan help with that? Uh, I think for myself, I'd be very happy if it is just this season because it was it was beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah. But especially if it was really different, really, really different. If it wasn't, whoops, Obi Wan <laughs> runs yeah. into Vader again. But if it was taking some of the metaphysical weirdness that we've seen in the animated side and pushing that even farther in live action something truly truly different and truly its own thing i'd be really excited for it i mean god can you imagine seeing the what are they the wills or whatever that yoda uh, force priestesses force priestesses in uh in live action yeah it'd be, be wonderful i, I would like love that. it i would love it i might be alone but i would love it we'll see we might be well force analysis is probably with us but yeah it would be there i you would definitely hear about it in comedy store or green rooms then. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. Our final question uh, is from Andrew McNabb. Andrew says, hello, figure fighters. Uh, thank you for the uh, reference to our YouTube show. Uh, do you think there is irredeemable evil in Star Wars? Do you prefer the cut and dryness of that with some characters? Palpatine obviously springs to mind. Do you ever think there could be a story that doesn't necessarily make us sympathize with him, does, but does make us understand what's behind the cackle, behind the unlimited power? We watched Anakin murder the young and the innocent and while no one should ever be able to justify that when we see his upbringing his trauma his torment the ruminations the cracks in his helmet uh we can't help but feel a sliver of sympathy could we ever see that for sheev or has he crossed the line too many times is no one truly ever really gone thank you for always uh being both entertaining and insightful a powerful combination thank you andrew uh ken uh, let, let's get into this there's a couple ways to look at it where do you start uh, well, I'll start here. I do think there's irredeemable evil in Star Wars, and I'm looking at you, Pong Krell. All right, you know, what <laughs> you know what you did. Yeah, I do. I do think there's irredeemable, irredeemable e- evil. Excuse me, and, and, and it is. It's always been a Palpatine for me. 
It's mm-hmm. always been Palpatine for me. And that's coming from someone and, and you included it. I'm pulling you in, Joseph, where I we collect Palpatine merch. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm staring at a couple of Palpatines and they're staring back as I sit here. Yeah, to be clear about that. That's where I'll start. I say yes, and then we'll go into some details. Yeah, I think um I think for me, um there's two ways to look at irredeemable. There's there's mm-hmm. what is in the person's heart, and could the person change and want to be a different person? Yes. And then there's the acts taken by an individual where a society could choose to say, Hey, great that you decided to be better, but we can't forgive you or show you mercy based on the acts that you committed. There's the internal and the external, right? There's mm-hmm. the, what does the, can the person change in their heart? And uh, how does society embrace them if they do? Yeah. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. It's something we yeah. have to deal with in our own lives probably constantly. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, and it, maybe that's where it's sometimes they sort of like, even using the word redemption for Anakin can get, can get um, murky because we're talking about Anakin, the person made a better choice finally turned away from darkness uh should should society go hey you know what all's cool vader thanks for sending palpatine down the shaft right. <laughs> you know all is forgiven right um so i i think i for me i like really need to separate it out uh those ways i, I for for the personal for the soul of the characters i don't think there's irredeemable evil in star wars mm-hmm. um i think uh, i think that's one of the biggest messages of star wars that it's there aren't people who are born just virtuous and full of light and people born full of darkness. There are people who make choices. Um, we all go through pain. We all go through trauma. Some, some people much worse. Uh, and, and we respond to those wounds either by trying to move past them and, and contribute to ourselves and to our society, or we give into that wound and lash out and inflict it on other people. We either believe that we are all stronger together or believe that uh, the, the entire world is a game and everybody's out to get you. And so the only logical thing to do is to try to get all the power so you can get them. Uh, and, and I think that's the dark side. And, and I think that uh, Sheev is our ultimate evil because I think there is some story. I think something happened to him. I think some yeah. wound happened to him. It could just be <laughs> mean parents on Naboo. Who knows? It doesn't have to be like one dramatic thing, but I think something wounded him. He chose the dark side. And what makes him different from a lot of the characters we've met is there's nothing's ever going to get through to him to, to mm-hmm. make a different choice. Uh, Vader, people can get through to. Uh, Kylo Ren, people can get through to. Uh, Asajj. Uh, made a different choice. Ariva made a different choice. Shiv is a character. Uh, Shiv is a person who was wounded, who made a choice, and no one's going to get through to him. He made his choice. He is not going to redeem himself. That's how I feel about Shiv. I don't know that I need to see the story. Um, yeah. That Darth Plagueis novel had some young Shiv stuff that, to my recollection, kind of just portrayed him as he was always a little off. <laughs> it doesn't make him super sympathetic. In my mind, he has a sympathetic backstory. Uh, I don't need to see it. But what makes him different is even though we could understand, wow, some, I understand how you felt really bad and how you'd be tempted to the dark side. But what makes your character is you, you will never choose to move away from that. Yeah. No, oh, I, I love all this stuff. First of all, you, you really did a great job describing dark side stuff in Star Wars as either get to getting or get got. That's how, <laughs> that's how 
the Siths view it. Uh, yep. So it's, that's kind of what it is. Uh, no, I, I, I love this. I, I, um, you know, I, th- I think that this could be a series that is the, it's the path to being an irredeemable evil, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like, cause I do, I do think it's about choices. I, I would love a series or, or look into Palpatine. Uh, it, 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 for me personally, it can run up a, a little bit against the idea of sharing too much of the story. I think you're mm-hmm. expecting some of that too. And just saying, Hey, I don't necessarily need to see this, but I would, you know, if I know that's, this is a little bit about his backstory, but I don't know if I just need to spend time with it. Cause I just kind of like looking anytime Palpatine's on screen, Sheev, Emperor or, or otherwise. I just know that he's made some choices and he's not moving back from it, which is what it's about. Because I think there could be great value in a young Palps ruins the day Star Wars series. Uh, but <laughs> if it's called that, yeah. <laughs> but it would be, I would want it to be, uh, I, would, I should say, about those choices that we talk about and we celebrate in Star Wars. Because uh, it, w- it would have to be about making the wrong ones and then knowingly never turning back. And, and you're touching upon that. I, I put down this idea in my head of you know, Star Wars. If, if Star Wars is the morality tale, we all say it is. Um, and I always say, you know, I, 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 I view the world of Game of Thrones as, hey, here's how the world is. And Star Wars is here's how the world could be. And that's kind of the dividing line where I, I don't need to have as much sympathy for the bad guys in Star Wars as I maybe get from other worlds, in, in, including Game of Thrones. Um, but all that, all that to say, Star Wars is a morality tale. Then a complete fall could be a part of that tale. A series showing you, just simply showing you Sheev's side, wouldn't work for me. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be glorifying his rise to power. Uh, could it be a political thriller? And something? Yes, it, it absolutely could. That might be what you'd want out of you know, young senator gets the election. Yes, um, but it should be. I don't know if this makes sense, Joseph, but it should be perhaps the emotional equivalent of what Andor did for those who kind of like the Empire. <laughs> it did a lot of people. I, you've seen a lot of that online of, 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 of after watching Andor going, oh, this is bad. They're bad. I get it in a way I didn't get before. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and, and I think you and I would say, would argue that that's present in a lot of other Star Wars storytelling, but Andor did it in a wonderful way of going, Hey, look at this. If you could do that with a Palpatine series, hey, don't be rooting for him. Don't look for his side of the coin. This is how he fell and decided to stay there. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the dark side and the light side are, are you know, uh, they are metaphors, right? And, and you don't have to be a force user to fall to the dark of the light. And I think Dead Ramiro is kind of a great example of what you're talking about where we mm-hmm. saw some of the things that she was going through and we can kind of empathize with them of, you know, uh, being looked down on, being told to stay inside your lane, you know, uh, that feeling we all have when we know we're onto something, we know we're right. And then the powers that be won't listen to us, like, and got us to sympathize with her and understand maybe why she took some of the actions and then showed us the absolute horror of what she does, right? Mm -hmm. To separate out the idea of we can in the real world often understand why somebody makes a really bad choice, but we can't go along with the choice. You know, we can have empathy for the person, but say that that the the thing you're doing, you can't do (laughs) and needs, needs to be stopped in some, you know, in some form. Yeah. That's a great example. And part of one, part of the victory of that show and or because yeah, yeah, it worked. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think for me, what you and I have been talking about is in, in my mind, a lot of, um, what I'll call internal. Like, I don't think she was born evil. I think he made choices. And then I think he made the very bad choice to never step back from those 
awful yeah. choices that inflicted uh, pain on others for his own <laughs> benefit. Uh, but then there's this part uh, uh, of Andrew's um, question also that is more the external of could he ever be forgiven? Should Vader be forgiven as as a figure? Um, I think that goes back to our conversations of, you know, what if Ben Solo lived and sheepishly mm-hmm. got out of <laughs> Ray's X-Wing? is like, look, I know I got some things to apologize for. Like in that, we kind of joke about it, but that really real question of can yeah. Finn forgive him? Should Finn forgive him? And there's a difference between forgiveness and, and mercy of like, I, I'm just going to... I don't necessarily forgive you, but I'm going to show you mercy, you know, and I'm not going to try to punish you for what you have done. I can't forgive you, but I will show you mercy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that just gets into like very complex. I don't know how to talk about that without talking about the real world, you know? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. hundred percent. And I know you have a lot of Mm -hmm. life experiences wrestling with these kind of issues with, you know, the role of law enforcement and, and security mm-hmm. in that, in, in our lives, in that balance. So how do you wrestle with, with that, with that, um, the external idea of what is, uh, redeemable or not in, in Star Wars? Uh, how do I, how do I wrestle with it? Uh, I'm, not, I'm trying to p- p- pull apart from real world things of, I know I go, I, I go with, uh, uh, where the choices lead you and then where do your actions go? And, and then how much, like, like in your scenario and, and we've, and I've talked, I remember on, on Collider talking about this, like, I would love to see Ben redeemed that, that seemed to where we were headed, but like him having to deal with it. The lesson in that is more for those around Ben than him, right? The, mm-hmm. the journey part up to that is more of his lesson than he makes his choice and he's still got some things to learn. But what, how do we react it there? And and there's no clear-cut answer. But so how does Star Wars boil it down to this morality tale? Uh, forgiveness versus mercy is a great way to look at it, the difference there. I Again, how do you, you know, what 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 are your actions saying about your choices? You made this choice, you've proclaimed this, but what are you actually doing? And, 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 and I don't know, it's case by case. I'm struggling to answer a little bit because uh, still working through it in my own life with some folks. Yeah. No, I think it's tough. So I almost want Star Wars to teach me. (laughs) Yeah, I think for me and and with huge, huge caveat that that it it gets into real world issues, which I'll I'll, I'll try not to get too far down. But for me, what is what is most important is when somebody for whatever reasons, maybe even understandable reasons uh, of being really hurt makes a bad choice and lashes out and starts hurting other people. Um, the most important thing for the benefit of our society is that they stop hurting people. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I care the most about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Kylo Ren needed to be stopped. Um, either, you know, absolute last resort violence, right. To stop yeah. somebody else from continuing to commit violence. Best case scenario Somebody gets through to him and he makes a better choice. But if he lands there, uh, you know, on Agent Kloss, he's not hurting people anymore. Then we get into a philosophical question of like, do we need to punish somebody who has stopped hurting? Do we want to punish for the sake of punishing? And that's where it just to me gets into like, yeah, I'm not, I haven't had enough cups of coffee. I'm not going to get into uh, (laughs) the real world. But just as like, that's how I think through it. Right. Of what is the philosophy? Does he need to be punished or Mm -hmm. does he need to stop hurting people? What, what's the imperative of Mm -hmm. 
of society's relationship with 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 Ben Solo, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's deep for a Friday morning here. Um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. And this, and especially with Star Wars, this is why it's kind of like you know, it's a, it's a big myth, right? And and we're talking about things in the real world that would be like, yeah, of course, if you were involved in an authoritarian government that you know destroyed, you know, caused destruction on the level of like the Hosnian Cataclysm, yeah, I'm not saying I'd just be like, are you making better choices? Well, come yeah. on over. Yeah. Like it is extremely complex in one of the you know. Uh, extremely complex and deep and and yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you pull it apart and, and go f- talk about lessons and i think that's the power of star wars we can look at this and compare it to like uh, an actual leader of a government right should should that leader be welcomed back into society and then there we can think about on a real personal level of this person in my life who hurt me you know can i forgive them and let them back in my life or is that going to risk hurting them again you can kind of look at it on these very different scales yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, um, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and 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 Star Wars. The the, the benefit of it is it, it's allowed to go like, hey, we're dealing with with space sagas, so we can go to the bare bones lessons here. You know, real world. Uh, you know, Kylo survives. He might spend some time in jail for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> war crimes. Out of mind. Clinker yeah. time for Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. A little, little slammer time for Kylo Ren. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Ben would be okay with that. I don't think Ben would put up uh, much mm-hmm. of a much of a disagreement on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Um, thanks for letting me uh, uh, dance sort of the edge of uh, talking about much, much larger things. But I think at the end of the day, for me, the biggest thing is I think Star Wars is a morality tale about we are all tempted to the dark side often, and it is hard to make the choice against it. And what is what is meaningful in Anakin and Ben's stories is that they succeed in this incredibly difficult task of stopping and making right. better choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. And yeah. Sorry, yeah don't. <laughs> sorry. I cut you off there. No. And yeah. And, and she doesn't. Uh, that's it for me. Do you have any other thoughts on this one? No, I, I get to I need to go to some lunch with some friends. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Figure it out. All right. So to bring us home, we've got another power of the light side entry. This is a call that we put out to uh, patrons on Patreon. If they'd like to share something joyful about Star Wars, uh, every once in a while we do get a little bit of a longer essay, and every once in a while we do get somebody kind of um working through the darkness to get back to the light. And that's what we have today. Uh, Ken, are you ready for this? I am ready. All right, this comes to us from John Webster. John says, Dear Joseph, Ken, and Jennifer, I want to begin this message by thanking you guys for being a force of positivity in the Star Wars fandom. For so long, it feels like I've had to fight for my right to simply love Star Wars with no strings attached. And in this age of social media, it seems harder than ever. Force Hunter has been a light in the darkness, and you guys uh, truly deserve all the props in the world. Uh, Thank you very much, John. That is very kind. Uh, John continues, On a more personal note, you guys have also been a light in my darkness. This past September, my mother passed away after a years-long fight with dementia. As harrowing as the experience throughout her illness was, it truly was nothing compared to the black hole that now resides in my heart without her. She was my best friend in the world. She was my movie buddy, and she was the greatest mother anyone could have asked for. And as if that wasn't enough, I just had to say goodbye to my dog Sam a mere two weeks ago, which would be painful enough, but it also brought all my grief over my mom back up to the surface. To say it's been a difficult time would be an understatement. But throughout these past months, one of the things that has consistently brought a smile to my face is listening to Force Center. Just hearing your guys' voices and your infectious enthusiasm for all things Star Wars brings a little joy to my heart. 
I consider that no small thing and want you to know how utterly thankful I am for that. Even before these recent events, I have long looked to Star Wars as one of my beacons of optimism and hope, the other being the Lord of the Rings. Even in the darker areas of the universe, I never fail to be inspired and lifted up, which is why I struggle so much with the negativity that seems to pop up in the fandom. And so for my Power of the Light Side submission, I would like to focus on my experience of seeing Star Wars Episode One all those years ago when I was 15 years old. First saw the Star Wars trilogy as a young child, but my true love of the films didn't begin until the 1997 re-release of the special editions. Editions. Then two years later, The Phantom Menace, which I recall affectionately, I always refer to simply as Episode One, arrived in theaters. It's important to bring up that I wasn't yet on any internet forums at the time. <laughs> I had internet, but movie trailers the size of a postage stamp took two days to download. And I could be disconnected at the ring of a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, brings me back. Uh, So I wasn't using it that much. The only reference I had for how episode one was being received was talking to my friends. And I loved it. I loved it so much. It was a new Star Wars for my generation. It was my first new Star Wars. I was seeing the Jedi in their prime. The visuals were spellbinding. John Williams' music was captivating. Duel of the Fates was on constant repeat at home. I even loved Jar Jar. And yes, I was a young teenager, so I instantly had a crush on Natalie Portman. But more than anything, it was Star Wars. I imagine I probably had a silly grin on my face for the entire movie. It almost instantaneously became my favorite film of the saga. All my friends loved it, too. We even watched it at my birthday party almost a year after its theatrical release. To me, it was an amazing time to be a Star Wars fan. And I lived innocently in that world for at least two years. Then the anticipation for episode two began and I started to become aware through both the internet and my workplace that all was not well in the larger fandom. And well, (laughs) the workplace, the workplace, workplace, I get it, I get it. And well, it all came crumbling down for a time. Negativity polluted my experience of the next two prequels, and I would not return to my undiluted love of Star Wars until many years later when I spotted the season one Blu-ray set of The Clone Wars at the local Walmart. It would light my passion for Star Wars ablaze once more and give birth to my eventual favorite character of the franchise, Ahsoka Tano. But even then, with all that renewed joy, it seemed an uphill battle to just enjoy the story without having to endure snide comments whenever I let my guard down. The battle continues today, even with more widespread acceptance of the prequels, including my personal favorite, the much maligned episode one. Now I see that it's the sequels that must go through this sad rite of passage. Mm. Mm. As I'm typing this, I realize it sounds a bit gloomy, but it's why I value your guys' podcast so much. Thank you once again for being a force for positivity in this fandom. I think it's so important now more than ever when watching a media seems more like a sport than something people do for entertainment. To just get to sit and listen to you guys enjoy and truly engage with the story of Star Wars, well, it brings this fan so much joy. Uh, bless you guys, and thank you. Thank you for bringing light uh, when I needed it mostly. Sincerely, John Webster. P.S. I'd be remiss in a discussion about positivity if I didn't thank Ken for speaking positively about Game of Thrones Season 8 in the past. <laughs> it's lonely out here being a Season 8 fan, and the support is greatly appreciated. Smiley face. Uh, great power of the light side that ends with a smiley face. Ken, do you have uh, any thoughts or reactions? First of all, I'll start at the end there. I've had people walk out of my fire pit parties upset at me for for loving season. Eight. <laughs> but I'll say it, it, it's certainly not a perfect season, and 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 absolutely needs some you know some questions to come out of it that are fun to have. Um, but J- John, just tell people to go watch season three again, and and they'll connect more dots. Hopefully, anyways. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Um, 
uh, there's some first two episodes. There's a lot laid out there in those on those two characters, John and Danny. Um, anyways, I I, I I love all this here. This is a, this is a great one, and and I think Joseph, we've only narrowed our focus on this type of stuff in the last couple of years. I think it's always been present. It's always been present in how you and I approach the discussions, but as, as everything's changed and, and we've lived through, you know, many eras of star Wars um, it's important to, it's, it's not this blind, just stick the sugar in my veins, joy of star Wars. This stuff, if you're listening to the show consistently, you watch, it means a lot. It gets you through these moments, not unlike music, when I was in radio, some of the requests I'd get from people bawling their eyes out on the other end, I just had someone die. I need to hear this song, please. Mm. It stuff has value. It has meaning. We're, we're just a, a, a small part of this cog, but we experience this stuff too. The darkness, you're, you're, you're John, you're almost making me cry with this, these, these tragedies you suffered. And, and uh, that, that's close to all of our hearts here. Um, so yeah, we were a small part. I, I just love it. I really love this one. It's hit me at the right spot too, at the right time of, um, you know, um, how we discuss things, uh, choosing our words carefully. I don't believe jokes are just jokes. I think you can have some just fun. Things are lighter. Some things can be intended, but I, I see a lot of comics out there who just are very callous and careless with their words and they're very hurtful and it's very destructive. And, and, and that's, that's a tough road to, to hold, but, um, even the reframing and, and, and what's John, John is talking about, uh, sorry, this is engaging my soul here, Joseph, but like mm. him talking about like, I loved it. And I came out of the theater and was told, no, like I, I experienced that with Indy four again, not as perfect as some set pieces that don't work or some CJ. Yes, absolutely. There's little moments here. Um, but I remember going, yeah, great. And everyone went, no. And I went, Oh, okay. And so I never watched the film again. I put it on the shelf mm. in the last year. Because I just was like, oh, that's wrong, right? And I know it drives some people crazy when 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 movies are are, are reevaluated. You hear a lot, of, oh, uh, the, the rehabilitation of the sequels is beginning. Is 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 one person tweeted out um, um, about Babu Frick possibly being a Mando three? Right? We we see that <laughs> shot, and someone said, get ready, the rehabilitation of the sequels is coming. So cynical, so dark, so gloomy, and so just overlooking the fact that that this isn't about. Um, I just like anything or anything, but it's just like going out of their way to control, uh, control the art, be above the art, take away the joy and not understanding that things change, not understanding the perspective of other generations, uh, not understanding that indie four might've been someone's first indie. Like, and that's, and I loved <laughs> a lot of it there. And how was that? How was a refrigerator any more crazy than, than temple of doom and a raft out of a plane? Tell me like, what are we doing here? And it just all became the commentary on this stuff is throwaway, not the, not the art. Not the content. Mm. Um, pop culture is not throwaway. The 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 myriad podcasts just throwing it. They're the ones throwing it all away. Sorry, I'm starting to rant. I don't want to name names, <laughs> but it's just and, and they go out of the way to not destroy joy, like they're taking away, taking away the joy, but to just not. They're not engaging with it and not getting the full scope of it. And that's what I love doing. I love zeroing on these moments. I love saying this little thing made me feel better about the loss of my mother. That Star Wars could have mm. anything to do with that. It's powerful stuff powerful stuff so john i feel it i'm gonna end my positive rant <laughs> there say thank you it is an impassioned uh uh wish for uh for positivity an impassioned perspective on positivity uh which which is great and i, and I think also what i think what what john is communicating so well is you know the 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 submission this power of the light side essay is is not gloomy it's talking mm -hmm. about the reality of Darkness is real. We lose people. We go through dark times and, and we need things to help us 
through that. That's the light side. It isn't just everything's great. Everything's bunnies and rainbows. And I think that's one of the great powers of Star Wars. We were talking about wrestling with kind of how dark some things are in Star Wars, right? With how awful some of the things characters do, even characters that we come to care for and sympathize. And I think that's the, the power is saying really dark things happen. Life is really hard and it can be really hard to, to choose mm-hmm. the light side, to choose to say, this is something I love and I'm going to embrace it. This is something uh, that I, I want others to uh, see what I see and see the joy. And Hey, if you don't mm-hmm. like it and it's at the bottom of your list, that's, that's fine. Uh, yeah. But we want to share that joy if at all possible. I, I think that's just a really powerful and necessary thing. And, you know, as somebody who loves Star Wars and uh, is moved by it, I talked about the Bad Batch episode um, mm-hmm. with with Tech and Omega talking through their feelings and, and Tech having that like, well, hey, it sucks, but change is constant. You got to live through the storm it has helped me through the last two weeks of my life. Yeah. Um, I really get that. But also is is uh, somebody who who creates stories, right, to to want people to engage with the heart of what it can, a story can be. It is ultimately through all the ups and downs through the, did you like it? Did you not like it? Did they do this scene? Well, did they do this character? Well, where is it on your rank? All that stuff is good and fun. But at the end of the day, it's a group of creators trying to communicate something about the way they feel, the way they see the world. And that's really what I want to do is I just really want, that's the best of what stories can be. That's why we tell stories as humans, in my opinion. And I want to embrace them like that. Like they have, something to truly say to us. Uh, yeah. And then we can, we can, and then it's fine. If you, if it didn't work for you, you didn't get that. You didn't like that. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, not, not foisting this. Here is the truth. This movie is bad period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It used to be, you know, back, back in the day, do you like empire Jedi first or new hope was a fun argument that just fueled all of our love of star Wars. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's definitely the tone and tenor changed. And I think that's why our focus has become a little bit more narrow in the last couple years is because it's changed all around as John mentions the sports talk stuff. Again, I, I, I've said, I am giant sports fan, giant sports fan, but you can, I left the sports talk world because of that. Cause my joy of just watching the Yankees was ruined. It didn't have any joy anymore over it. And I couldn't take it and, and, and to see it kind of slowly beat it. And, and I got, a, you know, a friend of mine who always argues with me about Star Wars and I disagree with him on that stuff, but we, we, he was right about this. We, we, we were producing shows together in the Serenity. He's like, we are doing a disservice to this art. We are part of this problem. And I was like, nah, come on, it's a job. And I wish I could go back and, and, and clue in a little earlier because um, yeah, it, it's, it's something, it's something, John. So hold on to those lights. Yeah. So great thoughts, John. Thank you uh, for sharing. Thank you for your honesty. Uh, thank you for your kind words. And and we are really, really honored uh, if we can help even a little bit because life can be difficult. So it is very good to find the joy. Any other final thoughts, Ken? Uh, absolutely not. I've said too much. <laughs> I too have said too much. I think we let, went longer on some other things than we did uh, the Bespin Diner. There you go from the from the Bespin Diner to uh, the heart mm-hmm. <laughs> of, uh, of bad choices in Star Wars. And a wonderful, wonderful essay uh, from John. That is our episode. Ken, where can people find us? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. We are on Hive Social Wealth as Force Center. Uh, we are on Facebook at Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube, as we've uh, mentioned before. New things over there, including some 
essays as Joseph and I explain some of our love of little things in Star Wars or the big moments of the things that move us. We got shorts, we got uh, past episodes, all that stuff is there. Podcasts available on Acast, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search your finest merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. Get them before Disney takes them down. Patreon.com slash force centers where you can support us directly. Follow me at Catnapsock or go to my Website, um, KenNapsock.com. Hey, do you like music? Does music affect your life? It does me as well. So, hey, head on over to Pop Rock and Radio, my radio show on Mixcloud. Joseph, where can they find and follow you? Yeah, you can find me on all the various social media. I still cling to Twitter. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun uh, on Instagram. Also, Hive, Mastodon, TikTok. Uh, more unboxing, uh, not unboxing videos uh, coming to both TikTok and YouTube. And of course, you can go to YouTube and search for Joseph Scrimshaw. Uh, we're recording this on a Monday, but we're putting it out on Friday. So in my future, uh, a tribute to tech uh, essay has been put up on Force Center. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, please check out uh, my tribute to tech but for now that is it so for myself for ken for darth vader's dinner theater this has been cues of the force Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 